Well, the end of financial year is fast approaching and it is tax planning season. So I know this can be a little bit intimidating. So to ease the burden, Zach and I run through some of our tax tips and all those things you need to know and be thinking about this end of financial year. We hope you enjoy the show. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. It's Pete Pennicott here, and I'm joined by my co-host, financial advisor at Picada, Zach Masters. How are you doing, Zach? Good, thanks, Pete. How are you? Yeah, feeling pretty good. A little bit flat last night. Obviously, opening on... It's not even the opening round of the AFL. It's just another yeah, round. round so feels yeah. like an opening round, a, a draw. Talk about... Yeah, it was, it was about, very um, uh, anticlimactic, I guess you'd call it. Um, just, yeah, it, it was a nothing game as well. I, I couldn't get into the game. I don't know if they were just out of um, practice or what it was. Yeah, I think it's just like everything in 2020 just robs you of joy, it feels like, yeah. at the moment. So, um, That's what I saw a um, post someone saying. It was the most 2020 game of football they've ever seen. <laughs> Low scoring, <laughs> no result. Um, yeah, just uh, not the best game of footy. No, it's not. And, like, you know, volatility is back as well overnight. So, you know, I think I was reading a stat before. I think when you're looking at the S&P 500, 20, mm. 20 or something of the worst days ever have been this year so this year uh, wow. pretty insane so big big uh big big volatility very very flat uh from a footy match perspective the hawks are playing tonight so that should sort of return to quality afl football so i'm excited <laughs> about that they've been tripped down to geelong yeah so i don't know how that works so don't they know the home of football's emcg <laughs> Um, but I, in other news, some positive stuff. I'm moving house next week, so that should be uh-huh. a, a bit of fun. Um, you know, Are you all packed and ready to go? No, nah, not at all. No, nah, so it'll be a bu- <laughs> busy weekend of sort of getting things ready. And the good thing is supporting the local economy. So a fair few tradespeople will be uh, getting subbed into the current house because um, yeah. with kids, a lot of uh, artwork's been put on the walls. Uh-huh. Um, no, not hung on the walls. Drawn directly oh, on drawn. the walls. Ah, oh, right. Yep. Yeah. No, a lot of a few doors have been scratched. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> the joys of kids and pets. So, um, but you know, and those things will be tax deductible expenses, which leads me to today's topic, Zach. And you're wondering why oh. I was going on about it. That's I was wondering what segue you're going to make. Great segue. <laughs> so, obviously, June we start to think about tax. Well, some of us think about it earlier, but for most people, June's about the time where we go, oh, hang on. I'm not really prepared. I haven't done much. What can I be doing? So tax planning can form an important part of an overall financial strategy, an overall financial plan, because it does matter. Um, So, because otherwise, if you don't have it done, you could not be getting savings or end up paying more tax than you should. So what I've got is a few quick fire questions that we can run through. First one for you, Zach. What are the main things that people should start to organize at this time of the year from a tax perspective? Yeah, well, I think uh, at this time of the year, it's, you know, you don't have a huge amount of time left, but you've still got enough time uh, to do some things. So the first thing I'll be looking at um, is making sure that you've, if you want to max your super contributions, that you've done that, making sure that you're not going to go over your caps. Um, So looking at that and going, you know, you've only got a finite amount of time left in the year to get your super contributions in and then claim them as a deduction. Um, the other things I'd potentially be looking at is 
going, and it might be even more prevalent um, in a year like we've recently had, is going, have I got any investment losses um, that I should look to sell and crystallize those losses? Uh, is that something that you're actively looking at at the moment? Yeah, I think I think tax loss, loss harvesting is an important thing. Like, you got to be disciplined with it. You don't just sort of indiscriminately sell anything that's at a loss because there might be mm. a, a, you know, a legitimate reason that it's in the portfolio and it might just be a timing issue. Um, yep. You don't want to fall foul of sort of uh, the ATO by, you know, you can't just sell it down and then buy the same asset the next day or the same day. So um, that's not within the rules. Um, the other thing I thought you were going to say instead of tax loss in a year like this is donations. A lot of people have donated money to charitable organizations this year. And yep. if you haven't, well, I think it might be a time to having a look at that in the next couple of weeks as well and send some money to some good cause if you can, if you're in a position to do it. Um, they'd be ones that I'd be putting away as well. But yeah, I do firmly believe that this is a time to be reviewing your portfolio and there's things where that are sitting in it that are, the thesis is broken. Um, perhaps look to um, move it on and um, use that to offset sort of capital gains in this financial year. And if you don't have capital gains this year, you can carry it forward to a future year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, is there anything that people should be aware of when they're looking at super contributions? So... Um, is it just that they need to get them in before the oh, the end of June, or oh, just it has to land, has to be sort of processed in the fund by June thirty. So just make sure yeah. don't go sending it in on June thirty. Um, even with digital money that we have nowadays, things do not happen that quickly. So nope. make sure you get it in at least a couple of days before. I'm not sure what day does June thirty fall on this year. Is it a weekend like it was last year? It is the Tuesday this year. Yeah, look at this great, great podcast working. Um, yeah, so that would be that's that's an important one. Um, yeah, and I do think you need to be conscious of it's not per fund. It's like so some people have multiple funds, some by design, some by accident. So just make sure you're checking and you're aware of how much you put into all of your super funds, um, mm. especially if you like rolled over or changed super providers like way back last August or something where you might go, actually, I've, I've only got one fund. Money might have gone into that other fund uh, in that sort of um, in July or something like that. So just be really careful so you don't sort yeah. of get a um, a speeding ticket from the ATO saying you've uh, breached your superannuation contribution cap. Definitely, definitely. Uh, other things, from my perspective, I'd be having a look at, if you're running a small business, is there income like that you could potentially defer and take it in July instead of now? So if you've got yep. invoices, you don't need the, the cash flow, you know they're good for it. Can you maybe push it to next year? So it's really just having a look at going, what am I likely to earn this year versus next year? And trying to pick and sort of massage that um, just to sort of, you know, it's not, you know, you're only deferring it, but it could mean that, you know, you can sort of keep the money in your pocket. You're going to receive the full funds pretty soon like you know in this mm. in the space of a month but it yep. might be something to consider and the other one that i'd be having a look at and um i know jb hi-fi harvey norman will be hoping people get very busy with it is prepaying some expenses um would be a big one as well so if there are th things you do need from a work perspective um, and are and you are confident they're deductible which is important to know don't just make assumptions and go <laughs> trying to claim everything um yeah maybe get them in as well because it might sort of um help bring those forward well especially at the moment too you're going to have more and more people um potentially working from home yeah um moving forward or you're going to be working from home for you know certain periods of time i know my sister's um recently been told that a move back to the office full-time for them looks 
fairly unlikely, maybe one or two days a week, but they're going to need to get... Oh, I thought you were going to say because she won't have a job. No. Yeah, no, luckily she still has a job. <laughs> but potentially they're going to be looking at, you know, you need to upgrade your home setup um, because it's no longer going to be just a month or two. So it can be a good idea to go out and, and purchase those tax-deductible things now and, and claim on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the ATO has come out to try and make things a little bit easier so you don't have to calculate what your working from home deduction is. So jump on the ATO website. I think they put out a note, but they've just simplified it to like 80 cents per hour that you're working from Mm -hmm. home, uh, which is a little bit less convoluted than the old system of what's the square meterage of your home office? What are your actual bills and apportioning it? So that would be one as well because most people have been working from home so just making sure it's a nice little kicker that you're going to get a new tax deduction yeah definitely yeah so anything else on that one before we move on i think i think that's that's just about covers it very good all right what resources so what what should people have in their toolkit to make sure they're better prepared for this time next year yeah, so I think um, tax planning should be an all-year-round thing. So rather than just getting to June and going, oh, tax time's coming up, um, now I'll start to plan. I think it's it's good to be always planning in advance, and that's what we try and do as advisors. I personally um, really like the ATO app. Um, so especially for me, lodging deductions in there, so taking photos of receipts, um, lodging your kilometres within it, it just makes tax time or coming you know, in June, end of June a lot easier. Because you've got uh, all your receipts in the one spot. Um, you've, it's all digital copy as well. Um, so make sure you're backing that up and, and sending backups to your email and things like that. But it means then you're not carrying around receipts um, towards the end and you're claiming on everything that you should be claiming on instead of potentially forgetting about something that you've bought months ago and don't have the receipt for or, or so on. Um, and their kilometers are very easy to use as well. You just put in your start and end destination. And it lodges all of those. So that's one of my main ones is I really find the ATO app for individuals um, very helpful. What about you? What nice. tips have you got? Uh, my tip would be your use your mobile phone or your computer to either give your accountant a call, like a quick five-minute phone call, uh, or send them a quick email to go, hey, is that, what should I be thinking about? They know your situation. They lodge your return next year. I think just that prompter of like getting proactive and having a conversation with your accountant before you're lodging your return, that can be the difference between you sort of um, doing tax planning and just being reactive with your tax and just lodging your tax. So um, I think that sort of makes a world of difference. I know sort of we caught up, well, we catch up with our accountant um, quite regularly. Um, We did sort of our, um, one of our annual sort of planning meetings, uh, I think it was the week before last. So um, and that's just setting in motion going, okay, what are we, where are we tracking towards? What tax are we likely to have to pay? Here's some of the strategies we can implement. So it's bringing together everything. But I think if you engage your accountant early enough, they can give you, they're the people that know, they know what's going on. And I think if ever you've valued your accountant has been in the last, I don't know, three months or so with all these sort of different applications that have been going on, they're the ones keeping abreast of all the tax law. They know yep. what role you're in, what the ATO is going to allow or not allow. Um, so hopefully that can give you the confidence that you can go sort of take proactive um, measures, but you're doing it in the right way so you're not guessing. That's what you pay them yeah. for. Yeah, exactly. It's getting that. A lot of people often, it's a good point, you go to see your accountant um, after the, the date, you know, after it's too late to then go back and, and put these things in place for that financial year. Yeah. So it's uh, um, a most and most phone plans now like unlimited calls I imagine so it's not even <laughs> going to cost you anything to put in this call. 
Exactly, exactly. That, that's a good one. Um, did you have any more resources or anything like that to make sure people are better prepared? Uh, look, I, I, I think like Dropbox, like anything that sort of just store your, like all the, anything you think is tax deductible, store it at the time, label it correctly. That's yeah. the, my bugbear. Um, oh, no, I love all of our clients, but some, sometimes the uh, it is a little bit of a mess that we get uh, people stuff in when we're trying to help get a good picture of um, and prepare them for tax time. So I think like the best ones I've seen are people who like itemize everything. So just put it in a spreadsheet as you go. Um, we've got digital tools that do that automatically as well. Um, hmm. And then you should save copies of everything, like every invoice you get. Um, that it could possibly be useful from a tax deductibility perspective. Save it, like put it in a Dropbox folder or a, you know your Google, um, what's a Google Drive folder or whatever it is in the cloud yep. somewhere, um, and then just get it in there and just get in the habit. And I think once it's a habit and you're doing it regularly, it's really painless. So then, whenever you're ready to lodge, because there might be times where there's an incentive to lodge early because there might be a government benefit uh, available. Yep. You want to move quickly, so you don't want to be on running around trying to find things. Oh, I left it in. I left that in the office and go. Oh, I'm locked out of the office. Um, some of this is in you know the beach house or something um yeah i don't know i, I would yeah. get useful and sort of just be um pretty prepared um and then start your planning for the ta- like next year now so this is when you yeah. should be planning for next year and just tidying up the edges for this year so that'd be my big one um definitely number one tax tip if you have to give someone or not even a tax tip your number one end of financial year planning tip uh so mine would be don't just do things um, for the sole purpose of saving on tax. So I think a lot of times people often do things just to save on tax without thinking if it's the best thing for them overall and for their overall financial strategy. Um, So, you know, potentially people are going out and um, purchasing things for to claim a deduction on them, but you've got to make sure that that thing's going to be useful for you um, uh, and that you're going to, you know, get, get benefit and value out of it. Otherwise you're just spending money um, to potentially save X amount in the dollar back um, and you're still then not getting the use out of that thing. So I'd be making sure that if you are looking to do tax savings or looking to to implement things that will save you on tax, make sure that it works in with your overall financial strategy as well and it's not just there so you get a little bit back at tax time. Um, what's your number one tip? Uh, I'd say get advice. Um, if you can... If you can budget for it, it is a deductible expense getting your tax affairs uh, professionally managed. If you can yeah. budget for it, uh, I think it's invaluable. Like get advice, engage someone who knows what they're talking about to assist you, um, and make sure you're not getting charged um, unnecessarily. You just want someone that's fit for your purpose, um, and you know they come at different levels. So you don't, you know, not everyone needs the same level of tax advice. But I think see it as an investment like any other form of yeah, advice. Yeah, don't see it just as a cost. Yeah, and then you will be, you'll be better off for it because, you know, look, I've, I, you know, I'm running a business. I've always got questions for the accounts about, oh, what if, how could this work? Or what if we did it this way? Um, yeah, and, and you're even in a financial, from, you work in a financial space as well. Yeah, so exactly. And I've got a, a reasonable sort of awareness for it, but there's still hmm. always questions I've got and I feel that much more comfortable going, you know what, I've outsourced that. I've got confidence. This is what they live, eat, breathe, sleep. Yeah. I, I, that would be my number one uh, tip. So, yeah, and put it in your budget. Like, put it in your household budget that, okay, we allocate this much money towards uh, getting tax advice each year. Yeah, no, definitely. I like it. Very good. Well, we might wrap up the, the uh, end of financial year talk. Uh, let's dig into the mailbag again. 
Yep. We need some sound. We need a little bit of a little something, <laughs> exactly. something to work. Yeah. So you've got mail. Yeah, you've got. Oh wow, I like that one. Um, that's almost back in my day that that actually oh, happened. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um. All right. My partner and I are actively looking to buy our first home. Question is, should we use a mortgage broker or not? Um. I've read the bank is going to tack on kickbacks for the broker each year. Yep. Oh. Okay. That's yeah. Um. Are there any ways around this? Uh, will the fact that I'll get, I'll get a cheaper variable rate than I could get myself make up the difference? Any information is appreciated. Keep up the good work, guys. Um, oh, there you go. Oh, what would you do in my if you were in my situation? Yeah. Throw that over to you. Uh, so I think without knowing the the full details and obviously about whether the bank's tacking on one kg, usually the way. Uh, a mortgage broker is paid, and each one's different, but most are still paid by commission. So they get paid by the bank um, in which you go and get your loan from through them. Uh, so that's not unusual that the bank would be paying the broker. And usually, therefore, the going to see a mortgage broker is not an explicit cost to yourself. Uh, if I was going to get my first home, I would definitely be going and sitting with a mortgage broker. So a mortgage broker has access to usually a lot of different um, lenders, it means that you're not having to go out and do the work yourself and find out which loan's going to be best for you, which rate's going to be the best. Um, they have a wealth of knowledge in that area and a good broker will be able to save you time and um, money as well. Uh, so I think that definitely that's something I'll be looking to put myself in front of them. So you've recently uh, purchased a house, Pete. Did you go about seeing it through a broker? Uh, what are you, you're assuming I didn't pay cash for it? Yeah. <laughs> Fair, yeah, assu- fair assumption. <laughs> Would you if you if you didn't pay cash for it? <laughs> uh, yeah. It, look, I think it, oh, I think it's a no-brainer. Look, at the end of the day, from experience, and this is like I'm not I don't I'm not a mortgage broker, so you know I'm sort of just speaking as a consumer um, yeah. and a user of the services of mortgage brokers. Um, the rate that you're not going to get a better rate um, than what the mortgage broker is going to get. So um, it's either going to yeah, be economies of scale. They get access to. To different rates yeah. than what you would get as a someone off the street. I think they're just gonna, yeah. I think it's gonna be either it's gonna be better than what you're gonna get by walking into a branch or going online and doing it yourself, or it's gonna be yeah. the same. So the net, there's no um, net cost for you. You're gonna have someone there, like an actual person, assisting you with all the paperwork, what forms to fill out, um, like through the whole process. When settlement? What should I do? How does this all work? Um, that's invaluable, especially if it's your mm. first time. Like, you know, going through a loan process, and I've done it several times, is intimidating. There's a lot of like, a lot of dates, a lot of terms. You, the, the documents are, you know, thick enough to, I don't know, oh, you could sort of stand on a set of them and be the same height as me, Zach. That's, <laughs> not, that's how thick they are. Um, so I think that's an invaluable benefit. And also they're going to yeah. give you advice on all these other things like, okay, What's the best structure? Who's the best provider? Who's going to be good for you to get you through the credit process? Um, All those sort of things that they all these nuances between all the the products. You don't have to think about it. Like you could spend hours and hours and hours. How much is your time worth? Um, Use it. Put it to good use. Do something else with it. Um, And a lot of the time, you don't. As I said, you don't explicitly pay for it. Yeah, and I don't Um, think the the commission. Like people need to get paid for providing a service. So yeah. the fact they get a commission is just reflecting they're helping you and they're doing some work for you. So yes, they need to be paid. Um, it's not costing you any more by engaging them, um, yeah. and you get best of 
like you get like the best of breed providing you choose well like you're gonna so get we, the best. it should be a win-win most of the time yeah and i think but. beyond that you've also got a relationship there so next time you like get like a good mortgage broker is providing a service after the loan settled all hmm. right oh, i thought of you actually like did you want to review your loan in two years time or something like that actually yeah. oh your situation changed you start to build a relationship because yeah, this may be the first of many. Your, your investment property that you get after this, how good would it be if you sort of go, hey, look, you've, you get to approach a friendly face and start to build sort of a relationship there, so you've got another trusted advisor that's an expert in um, all things lending. Yeah. Well, that's our both of our two cents worth, so a good four cents there. Um, Perfect. But we might wrap it up. Um, I know it's been a, a bit of a short week. Uh, go Hawks. Um, looking yeah, forward to luck. the weekend. And uh, I'll see you all probably uh, a little bit more stressed after completing my <laughs> yeah, moves next week. So yes. uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you have enjoyed it, please um, get out there and share. Spread the word. Like We do like getting the message out there and providing assistance where we can. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the insights are valuable. Um, you know, five stars helps sharing it the more people the merrier um and if you've got any questions or you've got a um topic you want us to cover please hit us up on any of the socials or send us an email to connect at picada.com.au we'll catch you all uh same time next week cheers